Hey everyone, welcome to the Threadcast here, Ryan Smith. I hope that you're having a great day. Uh, we're in the midst of talking about the idea of the triangle, talking about what it means to have a balanced life, and we've been talking about the three sections of it. You know, we've been talking about self, tribe, and world, and then as you dive into which area you need to focus on, we gave you these four words with self and tribe and that you could choose maybe to focus on, and now we're, we're going to jump into the concept of world. Um, we're leaving, you know, yourself and the tribe, but going out into this world, and and how you see the world when you go into it can be very different, right? You could approach it as you know, something scary, right? That it's something, oh, what's going to happen to me? I, I could get hurt, or something crazy could happen, could go on, or I could see people as like those dirty people out there. I don't want to be infected because they're all they've got all these viruses, or they're sick, or, or whatever, and I don't want to catch what they've got. And so we kind of approach it this hands off. We, I can't touch those people. Or we say, I'm, I'm the superhero, right? I'm going to go into the world and I'm going to save it. I've got all the answers for these people uh, and, and I'm going to make them better just because of me. They're going to know me better. Or um, we think that we're the experts, right? That we have all the answers for them, even though we don't know their culture, we don't know their language, we don't know maybe what even they had for breakfast that morning, but we've got the Bible on our side, so we've got all their answers, right? Um, and, and there's some arrogance to that, right? And... And that's kind of um, what I want to talk about is how do we approach the world? And the first word that we have is this idea of welcome. And I'm going to use the word welcome and hospitality interchangeably in this. And I think that we all have those definitions of those two words, what they mean, right? Um, but I think they're all close to the same. When I was uh, in college, uh, there was a family, a good friend of mine, his family lived there in the same town. And so every Friday night, uh, five or six of us would go to his house by 11 or 12 o'clock at night. We'd swim in their pond and then we'd play games and do stuff and just go to bed real late and then wake up just in time for lunch. And his mom would always make this incredible lunch. It was a great spread and we always ate till we were full. And and that was my, an experience of hospitality for me. Or when we moved to Little Rock as newlyweds, Sarah and I... Um, a couple, Jerry and Christina Birchville, adopted us kind of as their own grandkids, if you will, or their own children. And and uh, we had a dog, and so they would dog sit for us. And then we started having kids, and they would kid sit and dog sit for us. But she would always do special things for us to make us feel welcome. And on my birthday, she'd always have a, a she'd invite people over for a birthday dinner, but I'd never know who was going to be there or what the menu was going to be. Uh, one time, I love cheese dip. I love cheese, and so she went to six different restaurants all over town and, and got cheese dip from different Mexican restaurants. And so we had a taste testing to see who had the best cheese dip. So it was always that, that moment of being feel made feel welcome. Or you know, uh, my family just took a trip to the UK. And um, the families that were there, they would ask, hey, what do your boys eat? What do they not eat? You know, they wanted us to make sure that in this weird world, in this new land where we're at, that we felt like we still had something from home, that we felt like we were welcome, that we belonged there, right? And as Christ followers um, or just normal people in this world, I want to suggest to us that hospitality is not an option. Now, I do believe hospitality is one of those spiritual gifts, one of those things that some people are better at than others. And I get that, but at the same time that we're all called to give hospitality in this world. Uh, and, and mostly because I believe as Christ followers, we have to recognize that hospitality reflects the gospel, that the gospel has always always been about welcoming you back in, welcoming you home, making you feel like you are a part of God's eternal family, right? But we have to recognize, we have to remember that it's not our home. And sometimes we forget that. And so... Um, 
we we forget that it's not our invitation, but it's God's invitation. And Sid Bridges used this example the other day, and I love it, and so I'm going to use it. Is He said that we're ushers and not doormen. And the way I interpret what he was saying is this idea that when I think of doormen, I think of like apartments or, or hotels, right? And the doorman stands out there, and he opens the door for people, but only for people that belong there, only people that are members, only the ones that have that have has the, has the secret tattoo or knows the handshake or whatever it is to get in to that special place. And sometimes we as Christ followers, um, we act like doormen, right? We, we think it's our job to decide who God's going to let in, who he's not. Now, we wouldn't say that out loud, but that's how we act. But instead, we should think of ourselves as ushers, right? You know, I think of movie theaters or concerts where you're already in. It's just the usher's job to point you to your seat or to the best place where you're going to enjoy what is going on. And so for us, that is our role, that we are ushers into inviting people home and in this welcoming attitude of, of inviting people to God's family. Now, I'm going to put a spin on this hospitality thing. Uh, I want it to be a little different, yeah, because, and I want you to just kind of go with me here for a second. Hospitality in our homes is easy or easiest, right? Um, when we have the, the safe place, when, when it's our home or when it's our church or when it's when, something of ours and we're inviting people to it, it's kind of our home field, right? It's home field advantage. And so that's the easiest place to do hospitality. Now, it still doesn't mean it's not hard for some people and, and, and it's not a challenge. And I'm going to, I want us to just kind of accept that that is a part of hospitality. Inviting people to your homes, inviting people to your safe places is a part of it. But what I want us to think about today is the idea, what about hospitality in a hostile environment? What is that like? Um, that that's so much tougher. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, think about it. Jesus has always been the ultimate example for us. He's the one we go to. And you think about that, that he ushered in hospitality, in a hostile environment as soon as he left heaven, right? That when he came to this earth in the incarnation, when he came as the baby, when he began his ministry, it was always in a hostile environment. But yet everyone, even people who don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, will say that he led a life that was truly welcoming, one that was hospital, one that welcomed people into his message. And so he is a great example of what it means to show hospitality in a hostile environment. And so I'm going to look at three examples that he gives us, um, and they're not in any certain order or meant to flow together, but they're just, I think they give us some points to think about on how to do hospitality in a hostile environment. So the first one is that we find that early in his ministry, he's preaching on this hillside by the Sea of Galilee. And this is when people still like him and, and they're flocking to him because he's doing incredible things. He's got these powerful teachings. And, you know, we see that there's thousands of people that are showing. And they say, you know, even maybe around 5,000 or even more. And it's getting close to dinner time. And the people are getting hungry. And the disciples can see this. And they're like, yo, we can't we can't take care of these people. We don't have, I've got my, you know, Judas pulls out the, the purse, purse pouch that he's carrying. He's like, we don't have the money for this. And so the apostles come to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, it's dinner time. Send them home. And Jesus goes, no, 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 no. We are not doing that. We are not doing that. And this is where you get into the story where they find that the fish and the bread and that Jesus multiplies them, right? And and Jesus says, who cares if it's not convenient? Who cares? I'm still going to provide hospitality to these people. And so Jesus is not bound to location, right? The second thing though, in that story is it says that Jesus multiplies the bread and the fish, but then he makes the disciples give it out. Think about that. That Jesus is forcing, maybe that's too harsh a word, maybe he's inviting, 
his disciples to participate in hospitality. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be one of those disciples and to be heading out this crazy, miraculous bread and fish to people that are starving and, and that are hungry and, and, and you get to see their look on their faces, the thank yous that they give, you know, maybe they, as they, they give you a hug or whatever it might be of this hospitality that they experience it by doing it. And so Jesus not only does it wherever he's at, right? He says, anywhere, anytime, we're going to show hospitality. We're not going to let, um, our situation, whether it's convenient or not, dictate whether we're going to be hospitable, but also I'm going to teach others. I'm going to invite my people to be hospitable. I'm going to teach them how to do it. The second story is kind of like a double story, really. It's uh, it's the story of Zacchaeus and the story of, of, of Matthew, the tax collector, becoming an apostle, a disciple, right? Is it in both stories, you know, Zacchaeus, he says, hey, come down from the tree, little man. We're going to your house. You know, and with Matthew, the tax collector, it says that Matthew, he says, Matthew, we're going to host this dinner. You're going to have all these other tax collectors there. And both times, the church people look at, at what he's doing and say, man, Jesus eats he he eats with those those sinners, those tax collectors, right? He has table fellowship with them, and we understand that table fellowship is this idea that when back then, if you shared a table with somebody, um, that you were welcoming them into, that you were you were giving your your seal of approval on those people of how they live, that I am okay with who they are, that they are a part of me, I am a part of them, right? And so, in a way. Um, Jesus shows hospitality, but here's what's so cool is that he asked the hostile ones, the, the tax collectors and the Zacchaeus, the sinner, he asked them to be the host. He says, I want you to host me. I want you. Jesus gives up the ownership of being a host but still participates in the hospitality, still participates in the welcoming, still participates in the table fellowship, the acceptance of those people, of loving on them. And so in this story, we see that Jesus even invites the hostels to show hospitality. How cool, how cool is that? That, that, that I would suggest that, that for Jesus, wherever hospitality is being done, or is that even good English? Wherever hospitality is being shown, he will participate in no matter who is doing it because hospitality reflects the gospel. The third story is when Jesus goes to Samaria, right? He goes to the well, he meets a Samaritan woman, he does that whole thing with her. And as you, if you've heard any preacher ever talk about this, you get the idea that he, that any good Jew is never going to walk into Samaria, that they're going to walk around it because they want to go where those dirty people are. Um, and be infected by them. But in this story, you see Jesus seeking out hostile environments, that he's not afraid. And I would even suggest that Jesus may even prefer showing hospitality in those hostile environments as opposed to the safe ones. Now, we have places where Jesus does safe hospitality, but we have so many others where he shows hospitality that he seeks out opportunities to break the norms, and to be welcoming even when he is not the host. And so, with all this, we are called to have a welcoming posture of hospitality. That that's when we enter into the world. We don't enter the, into the world as superheroes. We don't enter the world as experts. We enter into the world as hospitable hosts in a crazy, crazy thing. Now, I do want to say this. I didn't want to just talk about this and not be real. 
in the sense of I want to give a warning about hospitality. I want to give a few warnings about hospitality. That there's just some craziness that comes along with hospitality that we can't explain away, that we can't take away, but they just are, that they are truths. And the first one is this, is that hospitality is costly or expensive. Right? That, that when you show hospitality, you are going to lose money and you are going to lose time. Um, that you are going to, it's going to cost you something. Now, for especially, I want to say that if we operate out of that pie understanding of economics, right? This idea that, 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 that idea of scarcity, that, that the world operates in scarcity, that, that the world is made up of only of one pie and that there's only so many slices and, and that, that I only have so much to work with. And, and to some extent that is somewhat true. But with God, he, he says, no, 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 We're, we don't live in that construct, right? We don't live in the construct of scarcity, but we believe that God is truly eternal and can build and create and do whatever he wants. Now, this is so weird because I'm not in no way saying, hey, God's just going to multiply money into your pockets when you need it or anything like that. But this idea that I'm going to lose something um, is true. But also, are we going to gain stuff as well? That, that, that there is a cost, and we can't take that away. But uh, it's also going to, how we see it, what, what, what lens we look through when we talk about cost and expense is going to affect how we truly see whether it's worth it or not. Another thing I want to talk about, um, another warning about hospitality I want to say, is that there's a cost that comes with the idea that hospitality is not safe. That if you show hospitality, you absolutely open the door to being taken advantage of. That somebody could, could, you know, if you have one thing to give um, and you think they need it, um, you know, they could, they could be, uh, they could have their Mercedes Benz parked in the next parking lot over and they're driving to drive home to their house, um, to their mansion, whatever it might be, that you that they whatever you give, they may not need. They may be stealing. Maybe you only want to give one or two, and they weigh they they work the system to where they get four or five, right? Whatever it might be, that if you show hospitality, you could be taken advantage of. You could be robbed, right? That if you invite someone into your home, that if you invite a, an immigrant or you invite a homeless person or you invite your best friend, they could steal from you. They could take what is rightfully yours, what you have earned. You could lose it. You could be made fun of, right? That that you could be, oh, look at that guy down there. He's, you know, he's always the one, you know, he's the sucker. He's the enabler. He's the one that, that can't get that this person is just going to use him up and, and that they're going to just... Um, Take advantage of them. They're never going to change, right? That these you can't change people. Why do you believe in such a silly thing, right? And then as you show hospitality, the people around you who don't get it could make fun of you, could demean you, could stop hanging out with you, right? That you become the butt of the jokes uh, around the water uh, cooler. And the last thing to say about hospitality not being safe is that you could lose your life. Right, that 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 showing hospitality could drastically make you lose your life. 
And they go, that's so extreme, right? And that's absolutely true because we live in a, this such a, a culture society where we are so afraid of death that there's no way that God would want us to do something where we would die because if we were following God, there's no way he would let us die because he's going to always protect us. So we have this, this hedge of a protection because we prayed over us, you know, that kind of stuff. But nowhere in the gospel does it preach that you will always be saved. As a matter of fact, it gives us the opposite examples that, that sometimes, sometimes when you should do what I want you to do, you could lose your life. And so hospitality is dangerous. And the one last warning I want to give in this is coming back to where we started, that hospitality is not an option. And here's the point I want to bring home. Have you ever heard of Sodom and Gomorrah? What do you think of when you hear Sodom? When you hear Gomorrah, right? When you hear those two together. Now we have Sodom, that even its own word has its own kind of description in our uh, vernacular, right? Then it's very ugly. Um, and we say that Sodom was destroyed because of their sexual uh, flirtations and their homosexuality and all the crazy debauchery that they gave into. That's why God destroyed them. Well, in Ezekiel 16... Ezekiel begins to have this conversation about Jerusalem, God's holy city. And he, and he says that the, the, the people in Jerusalem, they've taken all the things that God has given them. And instead of doing good with them, they've done evil with them. They've started using those things for their own personal good. And, and Ezekiel says that he, he compares the people to Jerusalem to like an adulterous wife, one who takes advantage, one who robs, one who steals, one who sleeps with someone else and uses what you give them for something else. And then in Ezekiel uh, 16, verse 49, listen to this. He's talking to the Jerusalem people. He says, Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen. So it says they were haughty and did detestable things. And when we hear detestable things, we automatically think, oh, he's talking about those sexual sins, that evil, that debauchery. No, just in the sentence before it says they were overfed and unconcerned. Sounds like a lot of Americans we know, right? But then he goes on, they did not help the poor. And they did not help the needy. They did not show hospitality. And this is why they were destroyed. That is how powerful hospitality is into God's vision of the world, how we are called to go into this world, to be people who use what we've been blessed with to welcome, to usher people into his family. And so now we get to the application side. We just some things that I want you to think about is how can hospitality... Um, so first thing, uh, yes, I want you to participate in hospitality. But the flip question I want you to think about first is, how can hospitality be used for bad? Right? It's that whole Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great privilege or great responsibility. And the idea is that, that hospitality is a great power. But can it be used for bad? Can you think of some, some, some ways? Um, and I'm sure you can. But then here's the second one, and here's the, here's the application. is How can you show hospitality using the triangle? So if you think of self, tribe, and world, in self... Where, where you alone can you show hospitality in this hostile environment? Where can you, can, can you begin to exert hospitality or welcomeness? Or where can, in your tribes, how can your tribes start engaging in hospitality? And finally, how 
do you go out into this world and how do you go into this hostile environment and how do you welcome people into it, right? We're talking about the idea of, you know, this could get as, as, as to people at the gas station or this could get people, you know, we could go global and talk about, you know, you know the immigrants, right? The, the people on the border. We could talk about Russia, Ukraine, all these types of things. How are you going to be start engaging the world with a hospitable mind? Well, I hope this gives you something to think about, um, something to wrestle with. If you have questions, if you want to push back, I'd love to hear those. Catch up with me on Facebook or anywhere else, and we'll get together. Hope you have a great day. Grace and peace.